Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, it's Chase from On the Table Gaming, and we're at episode 61 of the On the Table Gaming podcast, and we're going to be looking at some fan service material in the Others faction today. Now, it's been almost a year since the Others were released as an April Fool's Day joke, but they have been refined by the community and updated over time, and, and there's still changes being made. So you might remember way back on episode 32 where Yannick Burr, the main architect of the others, got feedback from Fabio Curry about his initial design choices. Well, today we're excited to be joined by Te'emu from the 25 Years of Mini blog, who's been doing a lot of playtesting and has gotten some mileage under it. So he's going to talk us through some of the units and what his thoughts are. So Te'emu, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Chase. Happy to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you here. And uh, Natemo, many people might know you from your blog, 25 Years of Minis and Counting. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe a silly question to ask with a blog title like that. But uh, what's your gaming background and, and how long <laughs> have you been gaming? I, I think it's already 30 plus now because uh, wow. I've been even writing the blog for, for some four years. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's, the blog has, was started 2015, so... I guess it was about 25 years then. So, uh, that's when you started counting. <laughs> that's when I... No, no. <laughs> I stopped counting many things a long time ago. And, um, and, and were you always into, into tabletop war games and, and board games? Or you know, how did you get into this, this hobby? Uh, I started uh, actually with role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons, when nice. I was like, like, like 12, 12 years old, 13 years old. And actually, that's the way I started learning English. I didn't do English at the school at the time, but trying to understand what is a sword and what is a shield and what is a spell, we kind of kind of had to learn because all, we were all, all important English words to use. Absolutely, nowadays. the ones that we really need in my everyday work too. Yes, <laughs> I think that had a similar impact on me when I was in school. I remember my vocabulary; I knew like all these crazy terms because of spells or things like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should you should see like by one of my first uh, english essays uh, when i started started at schools and it was it was all about this uh, what was the games workshop game about uh, like uh, future dark future where you're driving these old cars and shooting at one so there was a lot of that vocabulary and my teacher was like where the hell did you learn this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we, we started with role-playing games and then I went to high school at 16. I, I met some new friends who were already playing Warhammer, third edition at the time. And that, that's when I started painting miniatures when I was 16. And uh, it's been, it's, I, I've been on that path ever since. I am still stuck on that fact that you brought up Dark Future, that like post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi game. That mm -hmm. is a blast from the past. You got some, you got some serious uh, gaming chops there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and that kind of games are now coming back with the Gaslands and yeah, uh, all yeah. that. So it's a full circle here. Yeah, I, I think this industry is, uh, of course, reinventing itself all the time. Absolutely. So how did you find your way to A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game? Yeah, what happened a year ago or a year and a half ago, I had been like, you know, watching the TV series on and off. I spotted the Kickstarter, but I, have so, I had so many games, like 2018, 
I played more than 20 different rule sets. Oh my god. And and and, and uh, <laughs> last year it was only only less than 10 because I had a good focus on Song Song of, Song of Ice and Fire. But anyway, I was thinking, okay, I kind of like this this IP but the uh, I don't want to learn any new rules and I have plenty of games and miniatures and but then uh, 2018 fall, I started um, listening to the books eventually. I've had them on the shelf as books, but I eventually started listening to them as audiobooks. I started re-watching the series from season one while waiting for the season eight to come. And, and I was totally swept away with that. And, and uh, I, I really immersed myself in, into that world and... and uh, then a friend of mine from our for Wargaming Club here in Helsinki, he's a big fan too, and he suggested that, hey, let's buy these starter sets. And I said, yeah, why not? Uh, I like the miniatures, and I'm a, I'm a big player of Saga. So mm -hmm. there are some fan-made Saga battle boards for Game of Thrones as well. So I thought, hey, I'll use it for that. And we actually played a couple of games. And, but then in January 2019, we had our first game. And I was totally blown away yeah. with 30 years of wargaming experience, uh, 26 games now under my belt. I don't know if I've ever played anything better than this. It's high praise. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and you know, you talked about having so many games that you play. Yeah. And so then you decided then to take this fan faction made others group. And you mm -hmm. actually made it, right? And if we'll link to your blog below, but um, sure. you built out this beautiful army of uh, White Walkers as sort of others faction. Um, what inspired yep. you to put all of that together? Um, I, I think that kind of relates to the only problem I have with, with the Song of Ice and Fire is that also, even if I've totally fallen in love with it, it's the first time ever uh, I am like, hey, here's my money, take it. But it's sometimes damn hard, especially here in, in, in the northern end of Europe, to, to get these products. Mm -hmm. And with, with the others faction, and I like, like I wrote in my blog, it, it really captures the thematics really, really well. But, but here I didn't have the problem of waiting for, for the products, waiting for the miniatures for several weeks. I just could take what I more or less already had in my collection, start, start building, start kit bashing, uh, buying a few elements from the local game store. And, you know, nothing could stop me. And, and uh, of course, uh, some of the most epic epic uh, scenes and battles from the TV series obviously involve the others. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I'm carried away, carried away by this whole IP. So this was just, you know, one dose more of this drug. <laughs> Can I say this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to link these photos that you have because your the miniatures, not only are they really well painted, but, they're just so cool. You've got your zombie hordes here. You've got your, my favorite one is your Night Strider models. 
Um, yeah. you've got their, these giant spiders. And I think this is what's so cool about this game is that there is room to integrate these fan-made elements. Yeah. And uh, I think you're a kind of testament to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what I maybe like most about, besides actually playing the games, is actually kit bashing, bashing uh, plastic sets. Yeah. And, and there's so many different undead figures, plastic sets out there. And, and so this is, this is a truly sweet opportunity for that. And quite, quite good coincidence that during uh, uh, 2019, I received the Kickstarter pledge from, from the Fireforge games. Mm-hmm. They have this um, Forgotten World range. And, and that, that's, a, that's a clear clearly uh, made looking at the vis- visualizations from the TV series. So, mm. so, so they were a perfect resource. Well, let's, let's jump in and talk about some of these, these others units. Now, if you go back to episode 32, we had Yannick Baron, one of the creators and architects of the others, and he was getting feedback from Fabio Curry at that early stage. Since then, the factions really developed a lot more, but you've been actually playing with them and uh, going to do some play testing. And mm-hmm. what's been your kind of overview of the, you know, what's your overall thoughts on the faction and maybe how would you describe some of their strengths and weaknesses? Yeah. Uh, first, I would like to say that um, what I also really like about the whole game system and all the factions is that in this game, the developers and also Yannick and, and whoever has been involved with the others have done an excellent job in capturing the feeling and, and how you make these different factions really play out uh, and knowing the IP, looking at the TV series, uh, reading or listening to the books, you can really you know, feel that this is, this is absolutely right. This is how it should be. And, and uh, that, that's what I really like about this faction too and uh, you know it's the same thing with starks and lannisters and everyone but but as a fan made clearly a lot of time and and uh, creativity has been uh, used so that's that's a really good thing um yeah i just actually today wrote a plot bust about bust about this uh, this faction and how i see its strengths and weaknesses and overall it is quite powerful. I think part of the, the reason why I've been winning is that obviously the, the people I played against maybe don't know this stuff that well. So there's mm-hmm. been a, a quite a, quite a few com- <laughs> combos that come as a surprise, and that's, that's of course, always help. So I've made 14, 15-inch charges with, uh, and, and, you know, surprising a giant to its flank and get, killing it with, with one go. So, so of course, that's, uh, that's quite extraordinary. Yeah. Really. Well, I guess free folk have to be terrified of a force like this with the mm-hmm. gathering of corpse tokens and things like that. Yeah, that's a cool, yeah. that's a cool mechanic. I, I, I got to say, of all the things that are in here, I, I really like the fact that you've captured that, you know, as you're killing the enemy, you're also getting these tokens that you can redeem for various effects like restoring wounds and things like that. Absolutely. And then that, that of course, once again, makes, makes it feel right. And it's also a very unique mechanic for this, this faction. And, and that, that is a good sample of the good design here. So, and and that, that, that is also making the roof 
of, of learning how to use this faction higher because because you can go deeper and deeper in in, in uh, you know optimizing this and and, and figuring out how to get uh, get these combos and and how to get your corpse to- tokens really building up and how to use them hmm. and, and, and so forth and we're excited to have you now in in the on the table gaming discord group and uh we'll have to get you and yannick and a few others in here working through and uh continue to kind of develop and refine some of these units has there mm-hmm. been um, any any commander? There's a few commanders that you can play with. Uh, the Night King has uh, the Fear Beyond the Wall form, the first mm-hmm. White Walker form. And then there's also, of course, uh, Burr the Builder, named after Yannick Burr, the creator, as well yeah. as Agash, the Execution of Winter. Is there any particular commander that you've run that you found um, to be your favorite or you know, just more thematic or fun to play? I've tried uh, all of them except Agash so far. And of course, it depends always a little bit on the scenario. So Burr is very good, but it's an NCU commander, and sometimes you need need to have the commander on the field. Mm. Out of the two Night King variations, I would clearly prefer the first White Walker. So that one has that order, right? When he summons the undead... When this unit activates as an order, remove up to four corpse tokens from friendly units within long range of this unit. For every corpse token removed from a friendly unit, restore two wounds to a friendly mm-hmm. unit within long range. Yeah, that's, that's a very one. that's a very <laughs> powerful one indeed. But that kind and of I, like, I, that's kind of like in the movie, right? Where he in the in the TV series when he like lifts his hands and he like yeah brings everything back to life. Yeah, and everybody despairs <laughs> <laughs> as they should. Um, yeah, this plays very well into the overall tactics of this faction because you have you have these high morale, maybe a bit too high, um, insignificant cheap units, four points each. You throw uh, a punch of them into a battle line and you tarpit your enemy with them and and then then you can heal them back yeah. up. Well, I, I love the fact that that order is something that you can really only use to once a bunch of stuff has already died. So it's like mm-hmm. it really does get that flavor right of, you, you know, you can't use this on the on turn one because there's nothing, you know, there's nobody's dead yet. But then once <laughs> there's a bunch of, you know, corpses on the field, now he can actually use his ability. And that's like exactly the way it should work. Unless you use the Night Queen and give someone three corpse tokens. Oh, that's right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, so one of the things that we're looking at now, and, and this is this episode's coming out as part of a push to kind of revisit the others and, and right. uh, get that laid out on the website in a way that's more easily accessible. People can give feedback. But with the changes to morale in 1.5, with uh, if you fail the morale test now, instead of taking the, the distance between that and the morale, you now take a D3 plus one wounds. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that actually makes this army more balanced in a way it it balances it a bit because there are a couple of uh features i don't remember if they're cards or or unit abilities or something like that but where you would get a corpse token for each casualty caused by a a moral test a panic test and and that that could for example against the free woke folk that could have been you know eight models or mm-hmm. eight corpse tokens in the old system, but now it's max four. 
So that's, that is obviously a balancing factor. Then again, against elite en enemies, uh, you end up uh, having more, but still right. balanced. Maybe just talk us through, what's, what are your thoughts on kind of like the basic infantry that are available for this faction? You know, are there any particular uh, units that you'd want to highlight? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the humble basic wraith unit is, is pretty damn excellent. Um, like any unit that has the insignificant keyword, Mm -hmm. um that's that's a great tactical asset really and and uh can be um even even a bit frustrating for for the op op opponent like i just explained that you throw these guys into a battle line you keep healing them so it it's it's a major target for the enemy and then you have these fast units to go around and hit the flanks and and crumble the enemy battle line, and uh, that is typically a good good strategy. And this uh, part of the undead army for the race, their ability every time an engaged enemy combat unit loses a rank or fails a panic test, a friendly unit within short range gains two corpse tokens. At the start Indeed. of this unit's activation, it can expend those two corpse tokens to restore one wound for each corpse token spent. So. They kind of get in there, and as they start to do more damage, they can heal themselves back up. And the trade-off is if you stockpile corpse, token, uh, corpse tokens, if they have three or more corpse tokens, they actually get plus one to hit. So the more bodies that are there, the more damage. So you got to balance. Do you spend those tokens to heal it, or do you let them build up to, to do more damage? And your opponent's thinking, oh, my gosh, how do we kill these guys off before they become you know, too big of a threat? Right. Mm, absolutely. And I... I, I after four games, how I would play this army and these units too is that uh, I would use either Bird the Builder to activate and give, uh, give corpse tokens, or I would use the Night Queen to give three corpse tokens right away for whoever is the first unit that would charge or be engaged mm. with the enemy. So then I would immediately have plus one to hit for raids if they had three corpse tokens. I would immediately have the capability to heal them up. So, so um, I think a secret to victory is to prepare. It's maybe a good idea to, to somehow plan your play in a way that you will have a couple of units, at least three corpse tokens, and then you engage. So, and there are a couple of ways uh, to make this happen. And one of the things I love about your blog post is that you go through and you talk about each of these units and you kind of give your overview of like, you know, uh, is it balanced or, or how you're using it? And, uh, you know, besides the basic infantry, that has a few monstrous creatures, right? They've got cavalry and monsters. There are yeah. these night striders, which are the ice spiders. There's an undead giant. And then there's a terrifying snow bear white. Uh, yeah. of, those, <laughs> of those three, which, which have you found the, the most interesting to play or... How have you, uh, you know, any one of those that you would like to highlight? Yeah, well, you know, I've been playing this target tactics and then outflanking or also making these first round surprise charges. And, and the Night Striders are, of course, very good for that. Mm -hmm. um, just like uh, the uh, Feral Whites as well. They get into two, two plus two inches for the charge move and, and, and hoping that you have the unstoppable charge tactics cards in your hand. So probably my favorite unit out of these cavalry and monsters categories 
is Knight Striders because I also um, I think my fundamental gaming approach is like strike fast, mm-hmm. hit and hit and run tactics and 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 uh, so that that's why I like them. I also like uh, the models I found for them. So that's that visual thing also is an important thing for me. Um, the under giant, he's like he's okay, but He's nothing special, mm-hmm. so so. No and he's special. sort of different from the regular giant in that he doesn't do, uh, he doesn't have mighty swing and does auto wounds. No, and no, he just has no. six dice and he hits on a four plus. And defenders don't get defense saves, so it averages out. You can use weakened tokens and things to kind of mess with him more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. He's he's good. He has good staying power, and he is a good one standing on an objective, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otherwise, so, and so he has a role in the army, but if I would need to choose between him and this terrifying Snow Bear White, and yeah. I, would, I would take Snow Bear White any day, all day. And I love how in your blog you call him uh, Zombie Paddington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, yeah, this, yeah. the bear is scary. Uh, this is the one of the scary is... units. And there's some counterplay to it, and you talk about this in your blog post, but he's got the order relentless. If this unit recovers any wounds, you can use the order to remove the activation token from the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, once per game, if the model would be slain, roll a die on a three plus, this model remains in play with D3 wounds. So there's like a weird little synergy there where you think you kill the bear, but it's back. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's got this scary mauling, uh, this brutal mauling ability devastating blow every successful attack roll generates two hits every roll a natural roll of a six generates four hits instead so this is like your great x sort of cleaving through units uh, or maybe mm. the old mighty cleave you're, you're gonna be cutting through chaff with this and uh this is a scary a scary <laughs> miniature this is a scary model and you actually have a you made your own bear miniature for it that looks amazing yeah yeah, uh, you know, after seeing this card, I, I I immediately went down to my games game shop and got a model for it. And uh, in the first game I played with it, um, I don't know if I somehow managed to get a grit blow or maybe I used a card to get two extra attacks. But I rolled mm-hmm. like six attacks on a charge, re-rolling, hitting on three plus ended up getting four sixes oh so my that, god that's, that's, <laughs> oh that's my four god. sixes is like 16 hits yeah and I, then yeah. i probably hit also with the rest of them so it was it was like 20 hits i and, think out of all the units i think the faction is actually surprisingly really balanced but this unit i think that maybe the swingingness of it if you do really well it's really good mm. um, it, that went to the extreme so yeah we might need to revisit that <laughs> we already did so after the first game, when I played in a tournament and I was asking for my mates that, okay, guys, um, I want to try this list out because I'm, I want to learn it and I, I'm talking to you guys. So, and I, I immediately said that I think this Mr. Paddington is, is way too powerful. So I already increased the price to six points and I sort of downshifted the brutal mauling into having... Uh, um, Critical bow, precision, so hits from uh, natural sixes don't, don't grant saves at all, and, and still charge enemies become panicked. And, and with those abilities, it was still damn good. 
And, you know, that's the, been the cool thing about this. Even though Yannick uh, kind of came up with the, the main ideas of this, um, we've had a lot of other guys out there on the Discord. You might know Kate or Roderick or even Fabio Curry jumped in to help give feedback, as well as many, many others. And Great. it's slowly kind of getting getting shifted and, and built up. And if you're listening to this and you love to do thematic play or thematic games or you're just really into the others, um, you know, we can always use more feedback and help and play testing to kind of iron out and smooth out some of the rough edges uh, in the faction. Sure. Uh, so what have you been running for like a sample list that people wanted to maybe go in and just check out the Night's Watch and, and maybe they got some extra zombies or miniatures they want to proxy? Um, what would be a sample army list someone could use if they wanted to get these guys on the table? Sure. Uh, for the tournament I ran at the end of the year, um, I ran two different lists. One, one is like uh, what I call hold the line list for 40 points. It is, it is uh, led by the first White Walker, mm -hmm. so the commander who has this healing capability. Mm. I'm running Craster and the Night Work as NCUs. If I wouldn't have uh, the healing ability, or actually uh, is the White Walker also giving out corpse tokens. I don't know how it was. But mm -hmm. anyway, um, otherwise I would be using the Night Queen to, to, uh, as an engine to give, uh, give the corpse tokens out. But then I have the battle line, uh, three times the basic rate units, two of them with White Walker attachments, which are quite good when you, when you get the corpse tokens going. Uh, then a Fall and Grow unit to bunker for the commander. And then a Knight Striders fast cavalry unit to make the outflank. And of course, the Snow Bear White. Of course, man. Gotta all put right. The snow Bear in there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't leave home with, without him. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, the one thing I like uh, most is that the, the Knight Warg is uh, a fairly oh. interesting looking fellow. What do you mean, fairly yeah. interesting? It's a, it's a handsome man, isn't it? I think it's, it's, it's been hard to find uh, the good miniatures for that. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, if anyone's out there. <laughs> So the weird thing is that's his cloak, right? It's like my face is photoshopped in there with like a cloak. It almost looks like I've got like weird long hair oh, though. Oh yeah, I thought you had a wig on. That. I thought I, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very interesting and my face, I look surprised to be in there. So thank you for Yannick for the tribute in your and uh but for some reason, why does my character that was you know, why does it say fear of the dark? Wait, what? Yeah, that's so I was also the, wondering that you know this this uh this model can make uh, replace the effect of the tactics zone to have a two combat units become panicked, weakened, or vulnerable. Are they laughing or why are they? Uh, wait, uh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> oh, jeez. But, um, but an excellent NCU, anyway. Yeah, um, that's very strong. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I, I think this is one of the things that we sometimes lose sight of in thinking about games is that, you know, a lot of times there's talk about like tournament play or competitive lists, but a lot of the fun of the game is just getting involved like in the theme and sitting around with your buddies and playing these games and, and sometimes bringing in custom scenarios or mechanics or testing things out. Like that can be really cool. And I love mm -hmm. how you took like the hobbying aspect to such an extreme. Um with the the bear, for example, that you have in your photos, I'm actually I have that picture saved for when I get my skin changer bear uh, mm, because yeah. I want to do you. You kind of have this like debris on the base that looks like kind of bones or the stuff you might find in like a bear's cave. It it's just sure. so cool. And I was like, oh man, I, I've got to do that as well. 
Copy with pride. <laughs> and I'll have to give you a shout out for that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, uh, that's how I do things. So I immerse myself. I'll, I'll dive into it. And, and I really want to. The hobby is just as much as it's playing. It's, it's also building and painting. And, and, you know, I think that is the thing that why I really fell in love with this game is that, um, well, the IP is good, but you also need to immerse yourself because right. you are not able to play your faction well enough if if you don't really really go to make a deep dive and 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 mm. you know do theory crafting try out different lists build build different combos you know study 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 i've been i've been watching dozens of battle reports on youtube and listening to 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 um podcasts like yours mm-hmm. uh, i've spent so much time last year in learning this game but I, I've loved every minute. And, and, and I just keep on learning. For example, today, when I was writing this park bust, and, and I was reading again, what does Craster do? I realized, because I've been thinking that the Nightbringers at eight points, a unit that cannot be healed, and has a very negative effect when it's destroyed. No, I, I, won't, I would ever, not ever play that. It's not good. It's, it's expensive and it, has a, it can have a devastating negative Im- impact. And I'm reading at this Crastus card. Okay, you can heal a unit ignoring its innate abilities. Mm-hmm. Ah, you can use Craster to heal the night Nightbringers. But it is only once per game. That's yeah. the trade-off. <laughs> but still... Yeah, that that makes it kind of more possible to consider. I do love that players. that unit when they that when they do die, that they cause the um, sort of that cascading effect uh, to all the other units. So they're kind of yeah. like keeping the you know the zombies going, and then if they if they die, then it sort of has that effect of just you know causing wounds all over the field. Yeah, the army, army starts yeah. to collapse. Yeah, all friendly infantry units suffer D three plus one wounds. That's a uh... I feel like that's something you're gonna want to, you know, fireball blast those guys away right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is very thematic, but but the unit costing eight points. Yeah, that's maybe uh, not balanced. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to try out the others, you know, hop on over to onthetablegaming.com and we've got our community content page that'll have this listed. We will also be linking to the 25 years of minis and counting uh, blog. Uh, you've got to check out. Uh, this work. I mean, the paint jobs alone are amazing, but you've done a whole write-up and your blog is actually really amazing as well. And if you play other games, I know we don't often talk about games other than A Song of Ice and Fire, um, but your 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 blog is kind of a, a one-stop shop for a lot of games. Uh, you even have a year in review recently that you posted where you broke down all the games you played. Yeah. And, and there's like at least, you know, 13, 14 in depth. I can, you even have a pie chart showing how much like, I can see how Song of Ice and Fire is slowly starting to take over your life here, though. <laughs> it's totally taking over. And that's the dramatic change that, you know, two years back, I was playing 20 plus different rules and, 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 and there was really not that much focus. And the focus is good because when, when you uh, do a lot of certain game, then, then the, you get the flow. You know right. the rules. You don't need to go back to the rules and 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 that's a good gaming experience. So I'm I'm very happy uh, where I am at, at at the moment. 
And if you're in the community and you want to also make your own stuff, if you've got ideas for other factions or scenarios, um, jump in on that. Uh, jump in on that and and share them with us, and uh, we can help push them out there. And uh, to Amu, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Sure, my pleasure. Good times. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>